0: You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. Thank you for that special. That was good. Here's a really neat object lesson. It's not part of the message at all, but take that song and run with it. You all have seen those little um, glow sticks, right? The kids love them. My my, uh, youngest child here found out that they were not toxic at one point in his life. Uh, I went into his room, and he's glowing. I mean, bright. He chewed right through it when he was way, way younger. Have you ever noticed that those things don't work correctly until they're broken? Right? That's a Christian right there. You don't work correctly. You don't shine the brightest until God gets a chance to break you. And it's never pleasant to be broken. But the results are amazing so if you're going through something tonight and either you're going through something or you're headed towards something if you're going through something tonight don't be bitter about it just let the lord use it i don't know you i'm the guest preacher that's the great thing i can say whatever i want to say and it's not pointed to anyone specifically except for maybe brother nolan over here so right (laughs) just whenever god gives you something in life don't pray that it ends pray that god will use you correctly during the trial, rather than try to just get out of the trial. Well, that's, again, free, completely off the point from what we're talking about today, but that song just reminded me of it. I enjoyed this morning. Y'all have a great church here. It's not everywhere that you get to have a good atmosphere like you have in this church today. I called Pastor. I didn't know we weren't supposed to text him or call him. I apologize. I called him a few, about an hour ago before the service. As says, Pastor, you have a great church great church. It was exciting to be here. People were involved. It was very interactive. I, I really, really enjoyed myself. There, there are some churches that you go to that it is not the same, brother. You can go and you can preach in a church and it feels as dead as last year's Christmas tree. And that's the fake one. It, it was It's bad sometimes. This is not that place. Protect that. Okay. There's a great balance here. We've got a lot of gray heads and we've got a lot of not gray heads. And it's about the same amount from what I've seen. That's remarkable. That is really, really neat. Again, a lot of churches either have all young people or all not so young people. See how tactful I'm being. We're we're being very tactful. But this place is good. Go out. Find more people, do anything that you can, get folks into church and try to do your best to try to keep them there. It's really neat to see visitors in church. It encourages your pastor to no end when you can bring someone new to church and he's just kind of surprised at the door. Hey, who are you? What are you doing in church? Who brought you here? Nothing encourages your pastor like something like that. So keep that up. Let's go in our Bibles to Romans chapter number seven. Romans chapter number 7, I'll go with you all there, Romans chapter number 7. We're going to look at something today that's really a neat topic. We're going to talk about mental illness. I like it. This is going to be a fun, fun sermon. Mental illness as regards to Christians. Do you know that most of the Christians that there are in this world are certifiable? (laughs) Mentally ill. Well, not in the physical sense. But in the Christian sense, in in the spiritual sense, many of them are absolutely 100% certifiable because of this one practice that most Christians do. And we can look at our own lives, and that's that's the goal. The goal in the sermons isn't to look at someone else's life, it's to look at your own life and to examine is this something that I am currently dealing with? Do I need to do something about this? most of us in this room definitely do. It's not about whether we're mentally ill or not. It's about to what degree are we mentally ill because I can pretty much guarantee most of us struggle with this area. Romans chapter number seven, and, and, and in just a second, Paul's going to sound mentally ill, so you'll, you'll, you'll see it, okay. Romans chapter number seven, uh, let's get to verse number 14. This is one of the more confusing passages of the Bible, but I think we'll enjoy it as we go through it. Romans 7, 14. Today, we're going to read this. It says, for we know that the law is spiritual, but I, the Apostle Paul, am carnal, sold under sin. Now, here's where it starts to get confusing. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. Y'all lost yet? Because the first time I read this, I was a little bit, it was difficult. I had to go back. One of those study moments, okay? I had to go back and read it again and again. What he's saying is the stuff that I know is right, that I ought to do, I'm not doing it. The stuff that I know that I ought not to do, that's the stuff that I'm doing. The stuff that I hate, I can talk to other people about how, how bad it is, right? And I hate it. I find myself doing those very same things. Interesting. Uh, Verse number 18. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me. But how to perform that which is good, I find not. You ever been there before? Knowing what is right to do, but not finding the means to be able to do it. Lord, how do I deal with this situation? And I I know I've got this I'm dealing with. how, How do I get victory over this thing? What am I supposed to do with that? Uh, For the good that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. Verse 21, I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. Oh wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? This guy is confused. I mean, I, I'm, I'm confused. Are you confused? Okay? It's, it's a difficult read. You can let, it's got some different terminology in there, but really what it comes down to, I know what I ought to do and I'm not doing it. I know what I'm not supposed to do, and I am doing it. And how to escape that cycle, I find not. Let's pray. And then let's see what we can actually find about how to do it the right way. Dear Lord, thank you for the day that you've given to us today. Thank you for the opportunity that we have to be in your house. Please help us tonight, Father, as we look at this mental illness and how we can have victory over it and we can live the right way for you. We love you and thank you. Amen. Okay, so today... I'm gonna prove that I'm mentally ill for everyone right in front of everything. This is gonna be great, okay? But I'm also gonna prove that you are as well. So we're all gonna be in the same boat all together, like this last year. We're gonna go through this thing together, okay? Uh, I'm gonna introduce you to three versions of myself, maybe three or four, depending on how many we find in this personality complex that we have here me, myself, and I. And all three of us are absolutely different in every way imaginable. And so are all of you and every person. Of you to do this correctly though I'm going to need a little bit of help eventually so if you're a guy about my age or maybe a little bit younger be prepared the last thing my dentist told me to <laughs> be prepared okay so uh, I'm gonna be calling you up uh, in a little bit to try to help illustrate something okay so the the mental illness that we're talking about today is disassociative identity disorder disassociative identity disorder and this is actually a real thing Uh, What is it? It's when someone has some type of trauma, normally a childhood trauma, and because of a lack of a relationship with a stable adult, this child separates in their mind the trauma that happened to them from the life that they are living. And they, they come up with all kinds of crazy stuff, different names for these people. Some people, because it's an ongoing thing, it's a medical condition that actually gets so bad, they cannot remember stuff that has happened to them there's a mental block right there until some type of trigger happens and then they're brought right back to that one spot i remember there was a place uh, that that i was at at one point and i heard a song a, a good song bad song i don't remember the song right now because it's been so long ago but i remember i heard a song and all of a sudden i was placed right back years before that and i could i could not see literally but i could envision i could i could see it all around me I knew where I was at. I I remembered the smells. I remembered the feel. Everything about that circumstance, that song that I heard brought me right back that place. And a lot of times, this is what actually happens with someone with the disassociative identity disorder. They they have a trigger that happens at some point in their adult life that brings them right back to where they were as a child, dealing with the stuff that was never dealt with because they never had some a stable adult to help them interpret the things that were going on with their life. It is an actual thing. You say, oh, I don't believe that stuff. And, and th- this, is, this is true that it is not as severe as Hollywood tries to make it seem okay but it is an actual thing to where someone can disassociate themselves from events that happen in their lives and give themselves an actual complete different persona okay they become two different people and when that trigger happens man they they light up like a Christmas tree in a different way than everyone is used to seeing them because of that trigger normally they're this way but when that trigger happens man i'm telling you they are a complete different person do you know that many christians go through the same exact thing some type of trigger happens in our lives that brings out either the best in us or the worst in us this not this is this is not what should be do you remember what uh, jacob said to his children he, this, this is one of the greatest parts in the Bible. He brings all of his children as he's on his deathbed. He brings all of his adult children. Uh, his, his children are now 60, 70 years old. Okay, They, they are much older uh, than what we think as children coming before a, a dying father. They're already lived the majority of their lives. And Jacob starts saying one thing about every one of his kids. Some of them he blesses. Some of them he curses. Some of them he tattles on. It's all kinds of crazy things that come out in that conversation... One of the things he says is about Reuben. He says this, unstable as water, thou shalt not excel. Where's the other time in the Bible where we have that word unstable? Well, one of them is a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. We can actually be double-minded. And I'm not trying to get creepy here, okay? This is actually rubber will meet the road eventually in the sermon, I promise you, all right? But we can get to the place where we are double-minded and we act under one set of rules in one set of circumstances but have a complete different set of life rules Under a different set of circumstances. We ought not be that way. It was not a good thing when Jacob called Reuben double-minded. And it's true that if we are double-minded, we will not excel. We will not succeed in this thing of a Christian life. So we want to avoid that mental illness. We want to be single-minded like the Bible talks about in a positive way in other places. So let's go ahead and meet these different versions of ourselves. So brother right here, I'm not sure what your name is. What is it? Nathan, come on up over here. I'm going to have you actually come up on the platform. We're going to work with, uh, with brother Nathan over here. Nathan was the name of the guy that led me to the Lord, by the way. So we're, we're going to use it in a good way. Okay. So, uh, well, <laughs> no promises. <laughs> I'm going to try, but we'll see how it goes. So Nathan is the community version of me. Okay. So what's your name? Nathan. No, it's not. What's my name? Brother Reyes. So, what's your name? Brother Brother Reyes. Okay, here we go. He is the community version of Brother Reyes. What does community version mean? It is the version that the community sees. This version of me is what all of you are seeing today. You don't know me. I don't know you. You don't know where I live. Most of you don't know anything about my family. You don't know a lot about my history. You couldn't take me back to where I live. And there really is not a whole lot of accountability for my life because there's not a whole lot of knowledge of who I am. That's the community version of who I am. It's who I am when I go to the grocery store. I drop in my car and I get the... (laughs) If you've seen my car recently, it's not a pretty thing. But I get in the car and I go to the store. Uh, and I go and I, I get in the car. I got my radio going on. I got my 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 windows down. I'm going down the road, and somebody cuts me off. And the road, you ever been there before? Or worse than that, somebody takes my parking place as I'm just about to get inside there. That happened yesterday, by the way. It was rough. So this community version of me does not have a lot of um, a lot of uh, I forget the word in English, but. There's, there's not a lot of repercussions for how I act because the people in the community, as long as I'm not doing stuff that's illegal, the people in the community are pretty happy with me. I mean, I could cuss somebody out and they'd still be okay with me because that's a normal thing. Now, I, I didn't do that, brother, just so you all know. That was not the result of the person stealing my car- parking place. But I could and it would be considered normal. Because that's the community version that everyone gets to see of me. They don't get to see what I'm like at home. They don't even know where my home is. They don't know if I'm married or if I'm not. They don't know anything about me. They just know what they see at the time. They see my clothes. They, see, they hear my music. They hear my vocabulary. They see how I walk, the things that I do. That, that's all that they get to see. Uh, it's what people see on your Facebook profile. That thing, the one that you're supposed to have, the other one that you're supposed to have, that's not even a community version. That's something completely different we'll get to later on, okay? But you have this public image that everyone sees about you. Now, this can be a good thing. It can be a very good thing. We can have a great testimony through our public image. It can also be a very bad thing, though. If I know that my family is never going to find out, if I know that my pastor is never going to find out, if I know that, man, I can, I can basically be invisible man here. I can do anything I want to do. As long as it's not illegal, I can do anything I want to do and completely get away with it. Because everybody that's seeing me right now only sees the community version of Steve Reyes right here. Okay? Man, Steve Reyes, you are a handsome guy. This is, this is good. I, I like this, the way this is working out for me. This is pretty good. Okay? Uh, uh, number next. Uh, Brother Jay, can you come on up here? All right, Brother Jay is going to represent a different version of me, all right? So we're, we're starting with the community version. This is the one that everybody gets to see once you stand right here in front of this chair, Brother Jay. All right, this right here is the Fran version of me. Okay, so what's your name? Steve. Reyes. Hey, hey, this guy catches on pretty quick. This is good. He caught on a lot quicker than that guy over there. So Steve Reyes' Fran version is different than Steve Reyes' community version. There is a very big difference. Now, what does Fran even mean? Four letters, F-R-A-N. Friends, relatives, associates, and neighbors. These are people that know me, but not very well. Okay? They, they know maybe where I live. They know maybe where I go to work every day. They, they know some things about me. They're, they're friends, so they know some aspects about me maybe that other people don't know. Uh, it's, they, they have more knowledge of me than the community version. So when I'm in the community, this is what I look like to people. They don't know who I am, so I get to do whatever I want to do. This is great. When I'm around my friends, okay, not friends, friends, we're trying to be hip here. It's not going to work, though. It does. I'm so sorry, folks. It's, it doesn't turn off. Okay, so when I'm around these people, this is how they see me. I can be a certain way, and sometimes it's different than this guy, right? So here is one person. Are you seeing the disassociation? Are you seeing the mental illness? I'm seeing some (laughs) mental illness, okay? Because we have two different personalities that really do act differently according to the situations that they are in. It's a very different thing sometimes. And now, how many of y'all would say that I, you understand what I'm talking about? When nobody knows you, you may act a little bit differently than when you're around your friends. You know what I'm talking about? Okay. It can be a good thing, can be a bad thing, but it is a thing at least. All right. Brother, is your name Steve? All right, brother Steve, come on up here. That's a good name. That's a solid. This is going to be easy for him. This is great. <laughs> come on up here. You're going to represent another version of ourselves. All right. Stand in front of that chair, please. You are family version of Steve Reyes. Now, what is your name? Hey, very good. See, came came natural to him. It worked out really well. Okay, so Stephen here, he represents who I am while I'm around my family. Now, who I am while I'm around my family can be drastically different than who I am around my church family. Have you ever seen that difference before? So here it is. You're in your car on the way to church, and you're driving, and you're going, and somebody does something they shouldn't do, and here's an argument. Oh, <laughs> you've been there. This is another one of the Moses. Don't, don't raise your hand. But we've all been there, okay? We're arguing back and forth, going like cats and dogs, the poor kids sitting in the back seat. Our mom and dad getting a divorce. No, no, it's just traffic. It's okay, all right? So we're on our way to church, tra- and this is Marysville. Oh, man, if this happens in Marysville, this is bad, okay? So we're on our way to church, and the argument continues. Get this. Until the moment we step out of this role where we're around our family and step into this role when we're around our church. And as soon as that door cracks open, we see the first person, Brother, good to see you today, man. I'm blessed of the Lord today. Such a great day. I've got a blessing. I've got to praise God. has been so good to me. And your wife is sitting there, oh, you only really knew this guy. And the man in his mind is thinking, man, I've got to put on a good show. Man, these people expect something of me. And we are different, mentally ill. Okay, we, We've got this problem. And from the, the, the nodding heads I'm looking at, we most of us have experienced maybe not the exact same thing, but something similar. How about this? You're you're having this argument arguments are great. Okay, if you look at anger and arguments They are very very close to demon possession in the Bible Just a quick study if you ever want to look at it sometime if you're angry you're acting demon-possessed So here we go. You're having this argument and that's a real thing by the way You're having this argument. It's going back and forth and then the phone rings. Ah! Hello, how you doing today? I'm doing great And it's a complete different person. We, as parents, uh, we used to train our kids, and we haven't had to do this for a long time because we did it when they were young. Good piece of advice, by the way. Anyway, we did it when they were young. We had this phrase called change your face, change your face. So, there, something happened that they didn't like, and they got this, the, the face. You've seen the face. Okay, they've got the face on, and they're not really happy about the situation, but they're the kids, so they do not really much so they can do about the situation, but they can have it all over their face. I may be sitting down on the inside, but I'm standing up on the outside. I am mean, definitely not happy about it, and my face shows it. Okay, the face is a, a mirror, by the way. You can see exactly what's going on on the inside by what's on the face, so, especially while they're younger. But we used to have this phrase saying, change your face. We're getting ready to get out in public, or I don't like the attitude I see on you, change your face. And all the kids knew exactly what that meant. I better take this and turn it into this really quickly or else there's gonna be some dire consequences, all right? But that change your face thing was a real thing and moms and dads do it excellently. We are perfect at change your face, but not for the same reasons that the kids are. We change our face because we move from one situation to the other. Okay, we move from one world and one personality into the other personality and get this this is where it gets kind of confusing we're functioning as family then we get to church and then we have to go run get donuts because someone forgot to get donuts on the way then we're back into church and then we get back in our car and then we're family then pastor calls. Do you see the problem here. It gets a little bit difficult. And then we wonder why we're confused and we have issues going on and we say the wrong things to the wrong person. Who's ever said I love you to someone other than your wife on the phone? <laughs> ben there, okay? We have problems because there's so much going on. But this is not all we have going on. Uh, I'm looking for another volunteer. Hang on. We got Brother, brother David. Yes. Yes, he's going to be a good sport about it. I love it. This is great. All right, come on up. Last chair is yours. Okay. Now remember, what's your name? Good job, man. This is is good. So we have four versions of the same guy. This is all me, okay? I may look different to different people in different circumstances. I may dress different in different circumstances. I may act different in different circumstances. But this is all who I am. Now, who is Brother David representing to us? He is the version of me that only I get to see. Not even my family sees this. My, my family sees me on my best days and my worst days. My family gets to see me 24-7. My family gets to see me when I'm sick. Okay, that's that a terrible sight. Okay, my family, I treat them better than anyone else on earth. I also treat them worse than anyone else on earth. Okay, I, I have, th- this is who my family, but even more, more personal than that, this is who I am that only I know about. And we know who that is. Paul said, within me dwelleth no good thing." Ugh. How many of y'all would agree with me that if God could record everything, every thought, action, everything that we ever did and could display it on nationwide TV or even churchwide TV. How many of us would rather not have that shown? I would rather not have that shown. Okay? But that's who we are. Well, in in one context. Okay? That's who that's who we often are whenever we're on our own. We ought not live our lives differently when we're under this circumstance than where we are under this circumstance, okay? We ought to be the same person. We, uh, oftentimes we don't struggle with being double-minded. We struggle with being, qu- what's the word for that? Quadra-minded, something, I don't know. And different ones get different amounts of personalities to match the situations that they're in. So as something happens to me, if I'm functioning in this personality, I act a certain way Uh, sometimes it's a right way sometimes it's a wrong way way too often in our Christian churches it's the wrong way when I think nobody else is looking and nobody else can see and there is no certain no no thing that could tie things back to me I can be as bad as the devil himself this is a very very common thing in churches just like this now here's the great thing guest pastor I don't know you I don't know what you're struggling but this is great okay But there are things in your life that nobody knows about. Only you. There are things like that. Not in everybody, maybe. But sad to say, in many people, there's some only me knows about stuff. And that's rough. You get living like that, and here's what happens. Worlds start colliding. I'm functioning in this uh, This. Thing right here in this outfit right here and i don't know there is somebody else there somebody saw me oh and now i have to match this guy with this guy and now that guy's in control and then pastor calls me and then my wife's no okay in, in this functioning system right here my wife starts calling me and it's it, it, it really bad really quickly and my life falls apart y'all seen people like that before they, they acted the way they shouldn't act in the role that they were acting at the time. And, and no wonder the Apostle Paul sounds a little bit confusing here, because this is what he's describing. The things that I know I'm not supposed to do, I'm doing because I'm living my life under a different set of circumstances. So here's all four versions of me that we're going to be talking about tonight. How do we solve this problem? We know this is a problem. We know this is an issue. We know we ought not live our lives under different rules for different circumstances. So how do we take care of it? How do we fix this thing? Thankfully, there is a fix to this problem. It doesn't have to be like this forever. You can stop this process. And by the way, when we're talking to older people and we're talking to younger people, it is always so wonderful to be able to talk to younger people because you don't have most of these problems yet. You don't got them. And being able to prevent something is so much easier than trying to fix something later on. So parents, if you got young kids, man, think 20 years down the road for them. How are they going to be? What is this attitude going to present? And how can I help them being kids so they don't have to struggle with the stuff that we struggle with because no one taught us? Okay, so you take that and here is a fix for it. On top of well, I am by myself. Once I introduce one more element into this equation, things start working. I have to realize that I am truly never by myself. There is nothing that you have ever done that nobody knows about. Zero. Oh, that's that could be good news, that could be bad news. Some people are starting to shake right now. This is not good. Who knows? God knows. The devil knows. Do you know that nothing that you've ever done is actually under the radar? It's somewhere. And there are people that are so connected either to the Lord, like we go to church sometimes and the pastor like singles us out, and wow, how did he know? <laughs> it was the Holy Spirit. Or that the devil brings to someone's mind, say, hey, I can show you exactly how to find dirt on that guy. Whew, and it happens. But when we realize we are never truly alone, that there is someone that is constantly watching us and keeping tabs on us and we must personally obey God's law as if he's standing right there next to us. Once we see, hey, I'm not by myself and it becomes real to us. God is there and I, I know it's cliche but Jesus is right, right next to you. He li- we were talking to someone, Jesus is in your heart. I know that's a little confusing but the Holy Spirit's right there. And it is as good as if God himself were standing next to you as you are standing alone. So when you are acting in this capacity, under these circumstances, realize that you are not by yourself. God is with you. And when you start living your law after God's law... Not after the law of my own members, my my mind and what I can get by with. I live my life after God's law like Paul talks about. So I'm not by myself anymore. I'm living for what God wants me to do. There is a solution. This guy becomes different. He is no longer what I can get by with because no one sees me. He is the one that starts doing what is right because God is always watching me. And he starts fixing his life from the inside out. Not not stuff that people know about the community or the the friends or the family. He starts dealing with stuff on the inside. Like his personal prayer life. Who here spends as much time praying as they ought to? I know I don't. I ought to. But I don't. I mean, when we start working on that, things become a little bit different. Have you ever... Don't raise your hands. Okay. I'm sorry for all the rhetorical questions. Have you ever been in the moment where you want to pray, but you just don't because you know there's something between you guys? You know there's something that you've done that you've not confessed yet, and you've not made right yet, and you know you need to pray for it. You know you need to pray for something, and you don't even pray because you know you're not right with the Lord. I've been there. But you're a missionary. I know. And I've been there more often than I care to admit. But I've been there. But if you would maintain a good, solid, consistent prayer life, it'll keep you clean. Now, you can read your Bible and still have sin on the side. You can do it. Okay? You cannot pray the right way. ...and maintain sin on the side. It does not work. The Bible says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. You cannot maintain a good prayer life if you have sin in your life. So, if I want to fix him, start working on stuff on the inside. Being who I am really supposed to be when nobody else is watching. That's the beginning to all the the, the fixes here, okay? And how how to fix this thing, okay? We need to make sure that only one of us is left... When there are four people driving the car, it is a difficult ride, trust me. I mean, it's hard enough when I'm holding the wheel, my wife's telling me where to go. That's difficult in itself, okay? But if, have y'all ever seen those cars that have two sets of steering wheels? Okay, all right. Um, y'all can go ahead and sit down because this is going to take a second. Thank you guys for your help, okay? I was teaching, and don't, don't freak out on me, please. I was teaching my son today how to drive the car. My youngest son, how to drive the car. So this has never happened for him in his life, okay? Sometimes he's sitting on my lap holding the steering wheel or doing the gear shift in the truck, you know. But today, in the nice, almost empty parking lot out here, I told him, all right, get on the other side of the car. And gave him the keys. It was a $200 car. We're okay. Okay, so we give him the keys, and he starts that thing up, and we're getting ready to go. Okay, so he's, he's starting to take, all right, show me where the brake is. Be absolutely sure you know where the brake is, right? That's the most important pedal, not the gas, the brake. So once you had that one figured out, we start doing a few laps around here. We start figuring it out, and it's fun. But some driver's ed cars have the two sets of steering wheels, two sets of brakes, two sets of gas, two sets of everything. Can you imagine if both people were in that car fighting over control of that car? It would not be a stable ride. That's how our Christian life turns into so often. We do this, we do that, because we don't know who's driving the car. We try to do right in some circumstances, and in other circumstances it gets taken away, and it gets difficult, and poor people sitting in the back of our car, like our poor families that were dragging around with us, they have to live with my instability. Every time that I allow someone different to take the reins in my life, whether they're with me in the time or not, They feel the waves and the movement and the instability of my life. I want to have a stable life so that my family can have a stable life. So I can give them what God has for them to have. But if I've got different people controlling at different times, it's not going to happen. So, solution. We get this guy over here to actually live the way he's supposed to live by doing the things that he's supposed to do. Here's the verse. Walk in the Spirit and you shall not commit the works of the flesh. I think I misquoted it, but there's something in there, okay? Do what is right... And you won't have to worry about what is wrong. It's not about trying to, to stop doing wrong and stop doing this and stop doing that. No. Start doing right. Start a prayer life. Start reading your Bible, having the relationship with your Bible we talked about this morning. Start doing what you're supposed to be doing. You won't have time or desire to do the wrong things anymore. If God's word is true, that's the way that it is. You ever tried to eat something after you've been completely full? They tried to offer us dessert today, brother. <laughs> Couldn't do it. Okay. The Bible says in Proverbs, the full soul loatheth or hateth even the honeycomb. No matter how good it may look at the time, if I'm full, I don't want it. If I'm doing right, no matter how good that temptation may look at the time, I'm not going to want it. That's God's promise. That's the escape that he promised us. No one is tempted above that they're able. He'll make an escape for us. But the problem is we walk around starving hungry because we've not done what we're supposed to do. And we don't take advantage of the escape. So anyway, we have this guy here. What is he supposed to do? The Bible says we are to mortify the deeds of the flesh. This guy here has to become a serial killer. For this thing to work out correctly, he's got to do it. Okay? He takes his uh, mortifying deeds, his mortifying weapons that he can, and he goes over to his next personality, and he kills that personality. I mean, just eliminates him. Gone. No longer do I have someone that functions a certain way around my family Because there is one that is in control of my life when I'm by myself. It is the same one that is in control of my life when I'm with my family. So I no longer have two sets of rules. One set of rules that governs two circumstances. Now I can be the same guy and I can jump between these two different circumstances seamlessly. No longer is there any schism like the Bible talks about. I am now one person in these two areas. And then I have to take that to the next step. Now, it's easy to be who I'm supposed to be around my family. They're happy for me. They're happy for them. But when I take this around my friends, and I start living the way God wants me to live, around my friends, around my co-workers, around my neighbors. That can be a fun one. Okay? <laughs> They're not going nowhere. Okay? Around the, the people that know me, ...but that are not exactly super close to me... ...when I start carrying his set of rules... ...over me in this situation... ...they're not always happy for me... ...because it's convicting. They don't like seeing it... ...especially if there are other Christians in our church... ...that are not doing right. That exists too, okay? But we start doing what we're supposed to do... ...and I can have this one guy... ...take out this one... ...and then he'll take out this one... ...and eventually takes out this one... ...and now I have one set of rules that governs my life in every circumstance. I am no longer four different people. I'm consistent. You know what the word for the Bible says? And consistent, uh, the, the Bible word for consistent is faithful. I am now faithful. I am the same in this circumstance, in this one, in this one, in, this, in every circumstance. People can count on me to be the same guy. Man, how would that be? wives how would that be to know that your husband is the same at church and at work husbands how would that be to know that your wife is the same at church and at home how would that how would our families work better man sometimes my kids can be the greatest kids outside of home and when we get home it's like what happened to you okay y'all have experienced that so it would be so nice if we all could live The right way, with the right set of rules, in every circumstance. That cures our disassociative mental illness. And here's how it works. When The the word disassociative is really, really key here, okay? When I am in my community version by myself, I disassociate myself from Christ. And I'm no longer living what he wants me to live. But when I reassociate myself with him, starting with here, starting with the private inner guy stuff, Then I can be whole. If thine eye be single, thou shalt be full of light. Okay? Once one guy is in control, things go great. And the best part is when that guy isn't even me. It's when it's God. And he is controlling my life. And like a hand controls a glove, I don't have to worry about anything in life. Because I'm living under his set of rules. I don't have to care if someone likes it or not. They don't like my position. That's sorry for them. But my disposition, I got to fix. My position, I'm living for God, and I know it. And it's fullness of joy because one guy's in control, and I no longer have this mental illness of multiple personalities. So let's do what we can with that information. I'm not sure who is struggling with what. Again, guest preacher, I don't know, but whatever the Lord has talked to you about tonight, when invitation time comes. Let's make deal with God. Let's let's do business with God and let him know this is what's going on. I know this is in my life and I want it to stop. Lord, by your grace and with your help, I will do what I'm supposed to do. Let's all stand with our heads bowed and eyes closed and no one looking around. It'll be the invitation time. If our our pianist will come and as soon as they start playing the piano, if the Lord's talk to your hearts that you ought to do something, that you ought to make a decision on that very first note. Step on out and make the decision that God would have you to make. Maybe it's been really blaring obvious what it is. Maybe it's not. Maybe you need to ask the Lord, search me, try me, find what it is in me. But as soon as the Lord mentions it to you, come. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc, the number 4, me.org. May God bless you.